Unqualified and Unafraid podcast. My name is Jess and I'm a film student, creative and media nerd here to talk about things I'm not qualified to talk about. Today is a very exciting episode as I'm joined by the two inspiring entrepreneurs behind the self-love and spirituality podcast Dare to Glow. Emily Vassalo and Jazz McCarthy speak vulnerably on their podcast about their journeys with self-love and share valuable advice with their listeners. I admire both of them for creating spaces that are not only fulfilling for them, but that really help other people, not only in the form of the podcast, but also their own individual businesses. Emily describes herself as an anti-bullying and self-love goddess. She has an ebook titled Level Up Your Self-Love, along with her blog, Shine In Your Light, as well as a very exciting new business venture coming up, which I'm so excited to talk to her about in this episode. Jazz is a business and mindset coach who aims to help women go from uninspired to unapologetic. I believe that I personally could learn so much these two ladies as could many of my young listeners who are still in the early stages in both their self-love and career journeys. This episode's audio will sound a little bit different to all of my other episodes so apologies for that but I was trying out a new way of recording through Zoom. Something else that makes this episode special is that we are each coming to you from three different Australian cities. While I'm here in Adelaide, Emily is based in Sydney and Jazz over in Melbourne. So thanks guys so much for joining me. What's the atmosphere like over in Sydney and Melbourne at the moment? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having us on. I'm so excited. Um, it's so crazy as well how we just, yeah, connected through like the podcast community. Yeah. Um, I love the that atmos- intro though. <laughs> <laughs> the atmosphere in Sydney at the moment. I know it's very different between, yeah, the, the three different cities with everything going on in the world at the moment. I think for Sydney, we're kind of in that like, middle ground I mean where I live is considered now like a hot spot which is so scary like you never like I I always used to think like where I lived in Sydney was never a really popular place and then all of a sudden it's like you know on the news as a hot spot you're like oh this is great Mm. um so it's kind of like in that middle ground at the moment where there are some people who are like doing like what they can to obviously stay really safe and then there's other people that are just like a little bit complacent and not they don't really care as much Mm. um so I think it's just comes back to like yeah choosing choosing your your actions very carefully (laughs) I love that you I love that that you said that and love that for you because we're in lockdown in Melbourne and they're looking at extending it for like 12 months oh wow like I'm at that point where I'm like ready to leave my house and like live my life but like you can't leave your house unless you're getting like medical like food or exercising so I'm just like living my best life in my comfies in my house until I can leave the house (laughs) so it's like super tense over here and like really kind of I know it's kind of frightening to go outside and like be on a walk and see like five or six police cars just randomly go past when that never happens that's so weird never happens so it's just like it makes you not want to leave the house and it makes Mm. you feel like you're like super guilty about something even though you're just walking outside but yeah it's just like keeping healthy and keeping safe during this time because you just never know what could happen I think Um, that's the scariest part as well like even the other day like I saw the rates for suicide and depression like through this as well and I just mm. think that's so scary because it's so true like no one is really like on the news like no one's really talking about that you know what I mean or like you know if this is affecting you and your mental health like this is how you go get help like you only say that on like Instagram or Facebook every now and again yeah um, and even so, though, like the family violence as well it's kind of yeah. hard to avoid that when you're of can't course. leave your house and you have that happening to you yeah. but yeah. there's been people that have died from suicide more so than COVID so important to just check in on yourself every day but also check in on your friends and your family 
um like that's why i love as well like jazz and i exactly are in two different cities and we talk we make an effort to talk every day check in with each other um so yeah i think that's just like super important what about you how is it over in adelaide i'm feeling pretty lucky to be living in adelaide at the moment because things are relatively back to normal all the uni classes are back in person and we just have to make sure to social distance we haven't had that many cases. I need to move to Adelaide. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> to be in the pandemic. <laughs> so I'm wanting to talk to you guys about your podcast, Dare to Glow. Why did you feel a pull to start a podcast? And what have been some of your favourite parts about the process? Oh, this is so funny. The thing <laughs> is that, like, at the start of this year, we were both... We were both like acquaintances and friends, but we weren't like on that same level of knowing everything about each other and our goals. And we got to this point where we were like making this this decision about going in this direction that was super scary. And we talked to each other about like what our goals were and we, what we wanted to do and how we were feeling. And even before we started the podcast, we were like, you know, I, I want to start a podcast. Like I, we love talking. Yeah, I, love talking I was talking about, about like, so doing, I was talking about doing one like for myself, like for, for so long, like I had so many different people in my circle, um, just kind of like give me the push and be like, Emily, you should really think about doing this. So I was kind of like already considering doing it. Yeah. And then, and then Jazz just kind of like came in the picture and our friendship literally took off, like went from zero to a hundred in a matter of like, I think weeks or months. And exactly. It just, yeah. It's funny <laughs> because my circle was telling me do YouTube videos and I was like, mm, no, I don't really want to be a YouTuber. Like, no, mm. I love to talk, but like if I got in front of the camera, what would I do? Yeah. I'd just be like super awkward all the time. <laughs> I also feel that there's like more of a stigma um, around starting a YouTube channel than there is starting a podcast for some reason like I don't know why that I feel like is. it's easier to start yeah. a podcast rather than a YouTube yeah I feel mm. like a YouTube channel is more a very influencer type of thing yeah. like but you it's just that people care about your life I feel like when you're doing oh, yeah. podcasts, you can it's more topic oriented but when you're in YouTube there can be that pressure to like share your life yeah I just felt like more cool to do a podcast because it just felt right. It was just something that felt right and wanted to do it too. And we were like, let's do this. Another kind of way for us to kind of spread our message more of how we help yeah. people. That's what mm -hmm. we kind of looked at it as is we can help so many more people by expanding on the platforms that we're using. So it's just not just on Instagram, but you can find us on Apple and Spotify and just expanding it to more people who may not use social media yeah and we also both have like a similar um you know message and similar values as well that really just align which obviously makes us great friends but also great co-hosts as well because i literally we just bounce off each other like with our energy and our ideas and everything you can definitely hear that when you listen to dare to glow what kind of people do you hope will listen to your podcast and what do you hope that they'll get out of it our podcast you know is literally for anybody Anybody and everybody, regardless of how old you are, regardless of where you are in your life, regardless of what you do for a living, if you're male, female, like it really doesn't matter. But our podcast is literally for anyone who wants to level up in their life, um, level up, you know, their self-worth, their confidence, their self-love, their, you know, self-belief, you know, and really just create a better life for themselves on the inside and out and you know for anyone who may be new to like spirituality or self-love and sometimes you just need that extra guidance or push mm -hmm. and in the right direction you know that's who our podcast is for it's like literally for like the dreamers and and the thought leaders and, and all of it 
full of yeah literally exactly. just like everyone like we're so open to you know I feel like because we talk about so many different things as well so like we've had you know we'll have like one episode about like um you know sex and then another episode about like self-love so obviously you know there might not be like the same you know type of listeners every single yeah. week but we're so broad and we're so real and raw as well so as long as I guess you're really authentic and real and raw within yourself then yeah, our podcast is definitely for you. Just with our podcast as well, a lot of it is about sharing sharing what we've gone through to let people know that they aren't alone and to also let people know that there is light at the end of the tunnel. There is a better place that you can be. You can do better. You can be better. You can change your life. And all it really takes is just doing the work inside. That's all it takes. And that's what we want people to realize is that if you want to change something about yourself, you can you don't need another person you don't need another sign you don't need material things or whatever it is you don't need anything else other than yourself to wake up and go I've got this I can change this I can do that job I can do whatever I want and it's just about empowering people to realize that about themselves and see their worth and I think that really comes through on your podcast because after listening listening to some of your episodes, I felt really empowered to like, if I want to change something, I have no excuses, like just change it. So you both speak incredibly openly and vulnerably on the podcast. Can this be hard sometimes? And what do you hope will come out of being so vulnerable, so publicly? When I think of like vulnerability, I think of, I'm not the only one that has to have gone through this. When I think of sharing my story, I think of it in a way that I can possibly, I cannot possibly be the only person that has gone through this. And me, if me sharing my story means that someone out there who's going through this, who hasn't gotten through it like I have, helps them, then that's all I need to do. So when it is sometimes difficult, it is difficult for me to sometimes talk about those things that have really either hurt me or held me back or things that have been super painful for me. But I take myself out of the equation. I look at it, I look at it and I go, it's not about you. It's about that person on the other end of the phone or the microphone or the television or the video that's hearing your voice right now and resonating with the story and going, if she can do it, I can too. I can get through this. So I always think it's not about me when I'm sharing my story. It's about that other person that I'm helping. Vulnerability is never like an easy, it doesn't matter who you are. Like if you're Oprah, you're Tony Robbins, you're, you're Jazz McCarthy, you're Emily Vassala. Like it doesn't matter who you are vulnerability is always going to be a really hard thing to I guess come to terms with um, especially if you're not used to it or you weren't brought up in an environment where vulnerability was shown a lot but I think even for myself like either on the podcast or even on my blog like I write and speak so openly and vulnerably because I you know kind of similar to what Jez just said like I know that someone else reading that or someone else listening to that podcast episode just is going to need that you know one day and then maybe they'll just like have a bad day and then they'll listen to that and it'll be the exact same thing that they need to let them know like you know what I'm not alone in this and it's okay and I think when you share a piece of that and you share a piece of like courage and and bravery and authenticity um, in your vulnerability as well it just kind of gives other people permission to do the same. So I'm personally quite interested in marketing and I think Jazz, you mentioned that you came from a marketing background. I'm just wondering, like, what are some techniques that you've been using that have been effective in marketing the podcast? I've worked in marketing for five years prior to building my own business. And I even studied marketing within my business degree. And so (laughs) a little bit of it helped, but 
Not really so much. The most I actually learned was actually going through network marketing and actually understanding people a lot more where I was able to understand how people see things, what's going to be more viral and what people, what things are going to catch people's attention, when and how things are going to click in people's mind, how you should position yourself and when it comes to your social media, when it comes to your branding, when it comes to your own voice and how you should look and speak to people. All of it works in conjunction. It just all works. So it all comes down to branding and how you come across to people. So the best thing that works when it comes to marketing is being your authentic self. People want to see real. And I feel like some people forget that. Like you have to be perfect and you have to look like this and this is going to win over this picture. But people want to see real. When people come onto your social media, when they listen to your podcast, they want to be stimulated. It has to be fun for them. Otherwise, they're just going to click, 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 click through and they're going to go boring. What's next? Our mind and our subconscious goes so quickly. So in order to do that, you've got to put text. You've got to have music. You've got to have yourself on the camera you've got to have all of these things and be utilizing every single feature within social media for people to go who is this girl i want to know more and what's really working is doing really short clips because then people have to click back and go okay what is she saying click back again and that's what increases your engagement and again with reels that just came out as well because it's a new feature more people see it. So it's just jumping on board those new features that come aboard. And it's kind of like dropping that little penny and then waiting for people to come, like just drip feeding all of the information, well, even not with giving like them what our, they want. Well, yeah, even <laughs> with like some of our podcast title episodes, it's like, it kind of just gets you that like little, just like that little bit interested just to mm-hmm. click on it and then find out what we actually mean by that episode title yeah. and just get them really intrigued, you know? So even just like little things mm-hmm. like that as well, I think it's just like really funny. A little bit of clickbait. <laughs> It's still true, but it's just yeah. like one segment of like a 40 minute podcast. Well, we had like, even on our last episode, like we had so many people between us, you know, um, get around like separate messages, be like, what's this and what's this and what's this, you know, in regards to like our podcast episode title, because they were so intrigued, but I think they were also like a little bit scared. Like, what are you guys talking about on this episode? And I literally just told them like, if you want to find out there's only one way, go listen to it and then come oh. back to me and like, tell me how much you love it. No shame in clickbait. No, definitely not. Not marketing. So Emily, you currently have a blog and an ebook and are also a children's fitness instructor and dance teacher. It seems like your new business venture that you were telling me about earlier does a pretty good job of trying to tie these two things together in terms of teaching children and encouraging self-love. So it would be great if you could tell us about that and what you're aiming to do. So in regards to my business venture that I am working on, I am building an um, anti-bullying and self-love um, program for young adults and youth predominantly for like children or teens who are like in high school rather than like really like younger kids because yeah like obviously coming from my own my own background and my own personal experience as well of you know bullying and um, depression and anxiety and like growing up in school and kind of feeling like I didn't have the support that I needed you know so it's kind of like thinking back on that question you know who did you need when you were going through xyz so I definitely would have loved to have someone like this. Um, there were definitely people that like I turned to and, you know, some of them were really supportive and great at helping me get through that experience. And then others like not so much. Um, so I kind of feel like I just want to really be that ins- inspirational leader and, and person and figure as well for these 
children and these, you know, these youth as well who can kind of like, they can look up to that person, but also look back within themselves and know like, okay, I've got, you know, I've got this self-love within me. So many people, you know, even young adults, like when they leave school, they're 18, 17, 18, and they have no idea about really who them, like who they are, what they want to do. They're pressured to make all these decisions, but they don't even have a real clear, crisp idea of like who they are and what self-love is and what self-worth is and all of that. And so, you know, even for myself, like I've even just recently learned and discovered as well that like we are just mirrors of each other. So even reflecting back on my own experiences with bullying, um, I can clearly see that, you know, if, for example, like that girl that was, you know, bullying me about like, you know, a physical appearance or something, you know, was probably really insecure within herself. So just to kind of like look look at it from a different perspective and just to have more compassion as well. My My goal and my aim with that is just, yeah, to be able to create more awareness and compassion and, and self-love around the issue as well and, and within ourselves yeah. um because I feel like if we can start teaching our children that at a younger age like everything will just flow a lot better and you'll see less you know less statistics about bullying and mental health and and suicide and all of that stuff that sounds amazing and I think that that education is so important because something that I've been thinking about recently is how I feel that if young females knew how much we were brainwashed to compete against each other and how much of that loathing from other people actually comes from like how sexist our society is, it would really make uh, like young women band together more if they were given that chance to actually learn about feminism and learn about like the history of the patriarchy within school and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. Well, even, even the fact that, you know, like, children as young as like 10 or even younger and now like they've got access to social media and you know fair enough like their parents are obviously looking over everything that they're doing where it's managed by their their accounts managed by their parents um but even just having that access to it and just already subconsciously comparing um comparing yourself to other girls and and all of that and then kind of going into your teenagers and that obviously getting worse I feel like that's where it can it can start as well and yeah, like you said, we, we're not really conditioned or brought up to understand that. So with your ebook, Level Up Your Self-Love, when was it that you released that and what inspired you to do it? I released that last year. I think it was maybe like mid last year. Um, I can't remember the exact date, but um, yeah, I actually, yeah, I released that like pretty much just over a year ago because I remember it was like August last year. So <laughs> just over a year ago now. And um I think what inspired me to do that, I'd wanting, I'd been wanting to like write an ebook for so long. I don't know why, but something sparked within me. I was like, you know what? I want to write an ebook and like, it's going to be about self-love. And I just kind of like had that download. I had that moment where I was like, yep, I'm going to do this. And again, just like, I guess with like the pure intention of wanting to like spread my own message and my own insight as well as to what I felt like self-love really was. So in the ebook, I break down there's like four different chapters, which are kind of called like the four pillars of self-love. So there's a chapter about body love and body positivity. And then there's also a chapter around like self-talk and how you choose, like obviously the thoughts you choose and how you choose to speak about yourself has an impact on how you choose to see yourself. Um, There's a chapter as well called shine in your light, which obviously is my brand and my blog name, but it's also kind of talks about like the shadows and the masks we choose to wear in society. Um, and there's just, yeah, there's just so much that kind of uncovers 
my own obviously experience with self-love and my own personal journey and how I overcame all of the, you know, the obstacles and, and even to this day. But yeah, there's also, I guess, different perspectives in there around the key things that are really important to think about when it comes to self-love. Cause I feel like that can be such a broad, broad subject or a broad um, topic for so many people to delve into. And then they get really overwhelmed. They're like, Oh my God, what is self-love? How do I do this? <laughs> like, where do I start? Where do I even begin? And then I guess I just wanted to kind of make it a little bit more simplified for people and just also a little bit more personal just to kind of show them like, look, this is who I am. And this is what mm. I've been through. This is where I started on my journey. And, and yeah, that kind of perspective as well. Yeah. It's definitely perfect if you want like a simplified, a simpler um, fied version of like self-love and what it actually looks like. Yeah. I think even like my favorite part of it was your first part about like unleashing like your vulnerability or something yes, like that. And how you said yes. the only way out is through mm. one of my favorite bits, but it's like really simple. And like that guide that you need to like understand, okay, what is self-love? How do I start? What do we need to do? And it's like not a long book either. So it's going to keep you engaged and it's just very straight to the point and sharing her journey giving you a little plug there <laughs> thank you sorry um, but there are there are pages in there where there's like there's a few like different activities and things mm-hmm. in there to kind of like again yeah reflection but also allow you to kind of apply what I've just like written about and talked about straight away so if any of the listeners are interested in checking out the book you can find it through Emily's Instagram at shine underscore in underscore your underscore light and it's linked in your bio, I think. Yes. So it's linked in my bio with like a few other things as well. But yeah, you can definitely um, go check it out over there as well. So I'm curious as to whether any of your philosophies have changed within that year period since writing the book. Because, and this question could be applied to both of you, because as artists, we're always evolving and changing our ways of thinking. How does this impact the way that you look back on your previous work? Birthday to birthday or year to year. Like I know that I'm always evolving and growing and I feel like if anything, it doesn't really change, but it just like strengthens and evolves. So everything I wrote in that book still applies to me today. I still 100% authentically believe in and stand by Um, But if anything, I feel like I've just learned so much more about myself and what self-love means for me and different ways to like apply it. Um, And even like in the past year, I've learned a lot about, you know, doing more deep healing inner work and shadow work and how that can also be applied to self-love and that allows you to grow to just like that next level version of you. So, you know, obviously I feel like, you know, in the future, if I want to like do another ebook about self-love I would definitely talk about all of that as well a lot of people when they think about self-love they wouldn't think about that they would think like oh like this like the really beautiful aspects of it rather than the healing and the kind of like not so nice aspects of it you know Yeah. yeah so I think that's something that's really interesting to kind of like yeah think about as well so Jazz you're a business and mindset coach and I'm wondering if you could explain to the listeners about what this entails and how the mindset element comes into things basically I'm a business coach for ambitious women who feel stuck they feel uninspired they're lacking direction they're really not knowing what it is that their purpose is or where they need to go they're either in scarcity or they think of everyone else and they're people pleasing or they're just too afraid to go out there and do anything that they think they want to do. 
So my business coaching is around helping people break through that, break through the limitations, break through the fear, break through all of the excuses that you have and understand what it is you're actually here to do, what your purpose is, what your value is, what your worth is, because it all comes into conjunction. And my area of specialty, especially in your mindset and growing it in all areas of your life, because it's not just one aspect. You have to be impacting and changing and healing all parts of you to grow a business, to grow a career, to do anything that you want. Because even in society today, if your relationship is failing, then that's going to impact how you look at things or how you speak to other people or the relationship that you have with other people. Like it all impacts. So my mindset and growth and training is all around training you to heal the parts of yourself that you don't want to go into the parts of it yourself that are keeping, keeping you comfortable and keeping you where you're not achieving anything basically. And it's allowing you to step out of that fear and go, you know what, this was me yesterday, but this is me today. And I'm going to go and I'm going to do this. I'm going to try this new thing. I'm going to go into the unknown. I'm going to try building this business. I'm going to put myself on social media. I'm going to put myself out there. And it's just letting all that bullshit go and go, you know what? I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. And that is okay. But I'm going to learn who I am so that I can get to that next level and go, this is actually what I want to do. Get out of high school. And it's like, you've got to go to uni or you've got to get a job or you've got to do this. And really it's like, what do you want to do? Hmm. Like, who are you as a person? And what is your soul calling you to do? Like, is it to travel? Is it to do seminars? Is it to go on retreats? Is it to learn more? Like, what do you actually want to do? When you pull all the layers down and you understand who you are more, then you strip away all of the expectations that people put on you and all the expectations that you kind of build up as you grow up and you go, you know what? This isn't for me and that's okay. But I'm going to let people know that this is where I'm headed and I'm proud of that. And this is who I am and I'm healing and I'm growing and that's it. I really love everything that you just said. And I feel like it was so inspiring because I feel like I'm like currently really trying to let go of this whole thing about expectations. I find in my head, my self talk is like, oh, but you have to do this. But what about this? And then I'm trying to really like realize no, I don't. Like I don't have to do anything that I don't want to do. And I don't know why it's so hard for humans to realize that but there's just so much mm. noise in our lives um especially sometimes it's just ourselves. yeah and it's, it's sometimes it's something that you've grown up into as well like voices that you've heard from your parents or like the world map that they've shown you of what things look like for you and how you should live your life mm. which makes it so much more difficult to be an adult and be like okay, this is what I'm supposed to do, but like, it doesn't feel good. It is really hard, but it, it takes so much courage as well to, especially mm. at like a young age, to stand up to, you know, the people around you or to your parents or, you know, whoever, your teachers and say, you know what, I don't actually want to do that. Like I'm not hundred percent aligned with that. And I don't want to do something just because I've been told or expected to do that. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, cause you don't want to get to like 25 or 30 or 40 and then realize, oh, you know what? Like I actually don't want to be doing this anymore um yeah, and I think that's why even, even if so you many do, society just puts so much expectation on us to have it or figure it out when it's like you don't need to like just said you could take the time to you know travel for a little bit and figure out you know that later on or 
um, you know, do something like create, you know, explore different like interests and passions and things and then figure out, you know what, I'm more interested in this. I'm going to go ahead and do this. So a lot of my listeners have either just finished high school or are currently in high school and are thinking about what they want to do career wise. So I'm wondering if you could share some of the best parts of um, running your own business and being self-employed, because I think a lot of the time, people like don't even really consider that. So the best bits I would have to say is that I really get to determine how each day goes. Every day is determined by how I feel and what I want to do and what I want to create. So you have zero limitations on really anything that you can do. You're doing something that you're insanely passionate about. So I don't look at this as a job because I get up And every day I want to do it. I want to create, I want to help people. So find something that you're passionate about and then find a way to monetize it because you can monetize anything. Literally. If you love fucking tennis balls, you can monetize that. (laughs) We're in a day and age where you can monetize anything. So if you're passionate about it, quite possibly the hardest thing that you ever do, but it will be the best thing that you ever do. You've got your own timeline. You get to decide how much money you want to make. You get to decide who you work with and where you work. If you build a business, it's online. You can work from anywhere in the world. It's not easy. That's what I want to say. It's not easy. It is harder than anything. It is harder than working for someone else. It's easier getting a job. If you want to go the easy route, get a job. Work for someone else. That's easy. Working for yourself is hard work because you have to do everything. Everything is on you. If you don't get up and you're like, you know, I want to call in sick today, all you're letting down is yourself. So I'm wondering whether you work with any businesses within the creative industry and what are some of the most common struggles that creative businesses tend to face? The most common struggles I have with some of my clients that do have creative businesses like that is knowing how to put themselves out there, knowing what they need to do to get more clients and how to start projecting what they do in this kind of climate that we have. That is my most difficult. They don't understand what they need to do. Like they have the photography business, but they don't know how to expand on it into social media nowadays and how to grow it and make it bigger because there's this competition of there's so many videographers and photographers and so many creatives now that it's like, how do you become different to everyone else in the market to be able to grow your business? And my question always is, as part of my training for them, which they, they don't really usually like, <laughs> there's, a, there's thousands thousands of like photographers or videographers or people out there that do the same thing as you so why would someone choose you so the other day I had a conversation with my housemate who grew up in Malaysia and she asked me whether or not there was much bullying in Australian schools and I actually found this so hard to answer because bullying can come in so many different forms and out of the thousands of schools in the country I've only attended two so Emily, as someone who's passionately anti-bullying, what are the areas you think Australian schools could really improve on in this realm? Obviously, it's not the, you know, news highlight of the year, you know, every day. Um, I mean, even like we said before, like mental health is something that still happens, even though we may not know about it on the news every single day. Like the news, I think, chooses to focus on like I personally don't like watching the news for this reason because they choose to focus on things that either like aren't exactly important or they're just trying to like get your attention um feed your mind something else doesn't mean that it's not actually happening and that you know it's not actually yeah out there so I think 
one thing that Australian schools as a whole can do to help is just, first of all, like, like we just said with the whole business thing, it, you know, the same thing applies, make sure your kids or your, yeah, your students have, you know, integral like support. And I'm not just talking about like a school counselor, like have like an actual mentor or someone for every single year group so that, you know, if a year 12 student is like suffering with really bad, you know, depression or they're, or, you know, and they're also getting bullied, like maybe at home, um, if they've got a domestic violence situation at home and school is like their only safe place, make sure you actually have like, you know, a mentor or they have like more education about that at school so that they're not just coming to school and they've like shutting the world out and then they go home and they still have to deal with it, you know, cause that was my issue. Like I'd go to school and the school principal or teachers would have in there, you know, their staff room and everything like no bullying allowed, no this allowed it was still happening outside their walls, <laughs> outside their little four walls. They just wanted to kind of put a, a, a mask over it, be like, no, it's not happening. But, you know, I could be the first person to go to them, sobbing in their office, being like, it's still fucking happening. Like, don't, don't tell me it's not happening. Um, so I think, yeah, just making sure you have more of that compassionate, like, support for each year group, whether that's, like, a teacher or an actual, like, yeah, psychologist. There was a time during school where I felt that the word bullying and cyberbullying became almost buzzwords to the point where it felt that people began to not see it as a serious issue. And I'm wondering what your opinion on the actual term is and whether you view bullying as a symptom to a larger issue or possibly multiple larger issues within society. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, I definitely agree with you about that first bit, like bullying and cyberbullying, like especially when I was going through it, like it used to be just kind of like similar now to how you see, for example, self-love or, you know, those sort of mm -hmm. things or you hear COVID or, you know, everywhere. Like you said, no one kind of took dramatic, you know, effect where it was like, oh my God, like this is actually happening. It stems from, I guess, how a person views themselves. So even like the other day I was having this conversation with my life coach about it and she was explaining that, you know, when obviously a bully like tries to victimize and, and, and put down someone else and essentially bully them, what they're pretty much trying to do is obviously look and feel superior to that person when really on the inside, they obviously feel inferior. Like they have a reason for doing that. So I feel like it's definitely part of a really big um, problem. It seems like both of you have a passion for teaching and guiding others. And I'm wondering what in your life do you think gave you the ability to see the importance of education? I've always believed that education is key and it's really powerful. Like no matter how old you are or where you are in your journey, if you just keep evolving and educating yourself, you'll end up like growing and knowing more. And that like, I also believe in the phrase or the quote, like even a mentor needs a mentor. So like you always need that someone, you know, whether it's through a book or a podcast or someone you actually sit down and have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with, you can always learn something new. Like I always knew that, especially in school, like I just didn't understand why what we were learning was going to help me in any way when I finished school. So I always knew that education was more than just books and going to uni it was in your experiences and it was in people that you meet and people that you see and the actions that people have I feel like you can always learn something by looking and seeing and watching other people because they can tell you a whole story and experiences speak so much and I think you know knowledge is power but only when it's shared I want to hear how the both of you would describe your overarching mission in everything that you do not a my big question at all but <laughs> love that question so my yeah. mission my 
overall mission of why I do and why I wake up and why I do what I do is because I want to feel powerful and I want to empower women to be unapologetically, unapologetically them and be able to harness their power and step into their truth and know that they are beautiful and they are valued and they are worthy and that life is only what we make it. And that is why I do everything that I do with my business and why I help people. It's always to empower people to know that you have the cord, you have the plug, you have the power. You just need to stop giving it to other people, stop talking shit and get on with it. My mission is definitely to serve, to be of service of others, to be a light worker and a healer in this lifetime and specifically for women and youth to allow them to feel heard to feel seen to feel like they are enough and to just truly believe that within themselves and like Jess said to just feel so empowered that nothing can shake you and you just have the utmost permission to shine your big beautiful bright light for anyone listening we are going to be recording a podcast for dare to glow and i'm going to be a guest on it so don't forget to check that out when it's up so make sure you're followed and subscribed to dare to glow so you see when that comes out thank you guys so much for coming on and i've really enjoyed this chat and learned so much from it so thank Thank you so much for having us on we're so grateful We had so much fun. (laughs) Yay. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your mates. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please give it a rating and a review. It's one of the few ways I can tell if people are engaging with the podcast. Don't forget to check out Emily and Jazz on their podcast, Dare to Glow, and engage with them on Instagram at Dare to Glow Podcast. For updates about my podcast, follow the Twitter and Instagram, both called at you underscore podcast. I look forward to bringing you more insightful conversations with creative people and people following their dreams. So keep your eye out for the next episode. Thanks for listening.